Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dindi. I'm an 11-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Disclaimer, the purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. The podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professionals and is not intended for the use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests who speak in a podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conditions conclusions. Neither Talea Dendi, Navigating Cancer Together, On the Other Side, LLC, nor any of its affiliates endorses, supports, or opposes any treatment option or other matter discussed in a podcast. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy on a podcast should not be construed as an endorsement. Hello, everyone. This is Talea Dendi from OnTheOtherSide.life, and you're listening to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast, the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs, and perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, our very special guest is Jeffrey Franks. Jeffrey is actually visiting with me again. We are doing a two-part series. This is part two of two. If you have not listened to last week's episode where I talk with Jeffrey, make sure you go back and listen to that episode as well. It is a very powerful and informative episode. Jeffrey Franks, MS, CPC, resides in Kansas City, Missouri. She is a keynote speaker and certified life coach with a niche in grief, transition, and personal growth. Her passion is helping people bloom wherever they are, regardless of their circumstance. Jeffrey accompanies her clients as they build resilience and hope. She is also a self-published author. Her book is called Heather's Journey, A Mother's Accidental Guide Through Loss to Hope. Heather was Jeffrey's only child, and she passed away from a rare form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2001. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us again, and welcome. Thank you, Talea. Happy to be back. It is all my pleasure. In our last episode, Jeffrey, we talked about a lot. We talked about Heather. You shared with us the amazing and beautiful person that Heather was. You walked us through your grief, how you work through that. You shared a lot about your personal relationship with your husband. And you really walked us through and gave us a real life snapshot of what that all looked like for you and your family. 
So in this part, I want to talk more about how you became a thriver and not just a survivor. Yes. Okay. I remember a point sitting in Heather's room after she had died. It was probably several months after. And I remember thinking, I'm going to have to make a decision now. This terrible thing has befallen our family and it wasn't fair. We didn't deserve it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, However, it happened. And so now I felt like the ball was in my court in the sense that it was now my turn to decide how did I want the rest of my life to go. After you become used to being a survivor or used to being, in my case, the mother of the child who died, it can become comfortable. And one of the options you can pick is just to stay in that comfortable place of being a survivor. But I wanted more than that. I didn't feel like I was a survivor when Heather was alive. I felt like I was a thriver. And I wanted to be able to get back to that. And I did not want to be among what I will call the living dead. You've seen people that are walking down the street and you just see it in their eyes that there's not much life there. And you know that something horrible has happened and that person is kind of sleepwalking through life. And I knew I didn't want that. I didn't know how exactly I was going to get from where I was to thriving again. But I knew, at least I knew that's what I wanted. That was my goal. Now, Jeffrey, it must have been somewhat tough to think about what life would look like without Heather. Yes, yes. How were you able to start to at least start visualizing that, even if you weren't ready to take action? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I remember thinking, what am I going to care about now? Now that now that Heather is gone, what will have meaning for me? And I did have a wonderful session with a counselor. And at the end of talking about everything that was going on, this was in the first year after she died. And she looked at me and she said, the only thing I can say to you is this, if something or someone attracts you, start moving toward them. If something repels you, start moving away from it. And it just sounds so simplistic, but it was wonderful advice. And in it, there's so many things in it. You don't have to know what's at the end of that trail. All you have to do is start taking little steps and let your body and your heart soul be your guide as to whether you should keep going in that direction. That is great advice. It does sound simplistic. I think at that time, that's something that you need or I would need. I'll (laughs) say I would need. And that's an easy way to gauge what I'm feeling without too much thought. That's right. And without expending too much energy about should I or shouldn't I. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I can remember going into a grocery store And they had a a big box of flannel pajama bottoms and they were on sale for five bucks. 
I was looking through them and I pulled out one that was a really pretty blue color and it had cows jumping over the moon. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew Heather would love that. And my first thought was, oh, if Heather were still here, I'd be buying each of us a pair. (laughs) And then I thought, you know what? I felt maybe 15 seconds of joy. Yeah. Why not buy them? (laughs) So I'm buying those. Yeah. And if there can be 15 seconds of joy, there can be 30. It was taking little steps like that toward things that made me feel a little spark of happiness or a little spark of joy. Which I would imagine is what helped to carry you over and keep you going. Yes. Yes. I remember a night when my mother and I were in my kitchen, my husband was gone. So it was just she and I, and it had been four months since Heather had died. We were cooking and I dropped a wooden spoon, I think. And both of us went down at the same time to get it. And we bumped heads and we started laughing. (laughs) And my mother looked at me and she said, oh, my God, we're laughing. Mm. And I said, yeah, I hadn't laughed in about four months. Wow. Just you're on planet grief and it's a strange place and things For a while, just there's nothing funny, nothing joyous, nothing funny. Yeah. And so So, that laugh probably released a lot in itself. Yes. Yes. And then the way she came up and looked at me and acknowledged (laughs) it and said, oh, my God, we're laughing. (laughs) Oh, we are. So if we can laugh, then we can laugh again. That's right. Yeah. And it's just one little step. If anything's really important about all this, it's moving slowly, one step at a time, at your pace, and doing things the way that you need to do them, not the way other people might think you need to do them. You're entitled to do this your way. I love that. That's the best way. That's the best way. It's the only way for you is your way. Yeah. Yeah. It also makes me think, Jeffrey, of how at other times in life, we take those, what we would call simple things for granted, like laughing. Yes. And then after that storm, we realize how important those things are. Yeah. And that there was actually a period of time when that was gone. Yeah. When you didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. And that look, it's come back. Despite all odds. It's come back. Those are important things to notice and to rebel in and to hang on to. And it also speaks to hope and possibility. Yes. Yes, it does. It does. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for sharing that. Jeffrey, what would you say to the newly bereaved? First of all, I would say you're not alone. You're not alone. There are others of us out here. And it's important that we support one another. I got a lot of support from moms that had lost kids. And I gave support to moms who lost kids after me. And it's really important. And those people are people you can talk to in shorthand. They get where you are and what you're saying and the meaning of it. So those people can be incredibly important. Also, be so kind and loving to yourself. Give yourself all the time and space that you need 
to feel whatever you feel. And there aren't any bad feelings or bad thoughts. Nothing is bad. It may be frightening. You may initially think it's a bad thought, but they're just your thoughts and feelings coming up to the surface and they need to speak to you and try really hard not to judge whatever you're feeling or whatever thoughts that you're having. Yeah. And it's slow. It's slow. It's going to take some time for you to feel some sea legs under you, if you will, where you feel like you can actually make a decision or you can actually take a step over here or over there. That's going to take whatever time it takes for you. And whatever time it takes for you is the perfect time. So don't let anyone hurry you. And if there are people around you that feel the need to direct your journey or are draining you rather than supporting you, it's okay to turn away from those people for a while. You can come back together later, but it's just really important that you take care of you because you're just going through a tremendous amount. Thank you, Jeffrey. Yeah. One thing that I thought about was... And I've talked to people who have shared this with me after loss, and they've shared that when they started coming out of that heavy grief and they started to feel happy, they started to feel joy again, but then they almost stopped themselves because they felt guilty. Can you talk to that a little bit? Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes, I can. (laughs) That is very familiar to me. And I've heard it from grief clients as well. Yeah, I struggled with that. And I, at one point, I remember struggling with the thought of, is it okay for me to be okay? Yeah. Is that okay? What does that mean? Does that mean that I didn't love her with all my heart and soul? If I loved her so volcanically, which I did, shouldn't I just dry up and blow away or something? Shouldn't I just die on the spot? Wouldn't that make more sense? So the guilt is awful, but it is perfectly normal. And it's probably going to hit you at some point or another. And being on the other side of it, I would just say that it's it's an icky part of the journey. But you will, as you keep letting your thoughts and feelings be what they are, And you keep processing and either writing in a journal or talking to people that you love about what's happened, that you will move beyond that. And there will come a time where you don't feel guilt anymore. It will just dissipate. Jeffrey, when my father passed, I would say about six months after he had passed, and I was talking with one of his high school friends. I was sharing something with her about how I was feeling. And she said, your dad wouldn't want you to be angry. He wouldn't want you to be sad. He would want you to be happy. And so when you were sharing that, I thought Heather would have wanted you to be happy. Our loved ones that leave us and that move on, they want us to be happy. Yes. Ultimately, that, that is the truth. Although I also feel like while I was struggling with those feelings of guilt, she understood. She understood that I just needed to work my way through that. Ultimately, I believe that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. You talk of surviving versus thriving. I think that's a big one. And I think that sometimes people feel, if I thrive, isn't that sort of almost an insult to 
my child or whoever that I'm thriving without you kind of thing. And in fact, I think it's an honoring of them for you to be able to find your way to happiness and find your way into contentment is an honoring of your love for that person and their love for you. And if they were here today and you asked them, would you rather I just stay in my comfy place on the couch with your blanket around me and not take very much risk? Is that what you would want for me? I know Heather would say, heck no, get off that couch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Get out there. But it just takes what it takes. It takes what it takes. Each stage is there because it needs to be there for some reason. I don't know why entirely all these things have to come, but I do know when they're here, they're here to ask questions. They're here to tell you something. And they are an integral part of you moving forward when they're icky. You know, the moving forward piece too, I think it's really important to understand that it's you're not going to move forward in a linear fashion. It's going to be like a spiral. So all of a sudden, you'll be back to that thing that made you cry a month ago, and you'll be crying again. But that doesn't mean that you're going backwards. That's another issue that I hear a lot when I coach grief clients is I feel like I'm slipping backwards. (laughs) It's a revisiting, but it's a different visit. And I think as time goes on, you'll see that when you hit that low spot again, you'll be climbing out of it quicker Mm -hmm. than you used to. Thank you for sharing that. In addition to what you just shared, what are some other misguided beliefs that can hinder one's grief journey? Yeah. Yeah. If you feel, I remember one night in the hospital with Heather about 2 a.m. and it dawned on me that all of my intelligence, all of my creativity, all of my endurance, everything that I brought to bear really was limited. (laughs) And Heather was on a journey with, in my case, God and this terrible disease. The outcome was not going to have to do with me and all of my prowess. And I realized in that moment that I really had always thought that I was really powerful and that whatever I wanted, I could make happen. And whatever I didn't want, I could keep or prevent from happening. And I didn't know I thought that till I felt the full helplessness of where I was in the moment. What I did realize was what I do control is my response to what happens to me in life. Yeah. That's where I have some control. That's true. That's about as much control as we have right Mm -hmm. there. So that's where to focus your energy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that through my life up until that point, boy, I'd spent a ton of energy trying to control and thinking that I was successful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, until the big boom and found myself on the floor pretty helpless. They say, Jeffrey, sometimes we have to rebuild ourselves. Yeah. To really realize those things about ourselves, yes. to make those corrections, come to those realizations. And then that just leads to a more balanced, happier life, a happier mindset, better relationships. But throughout this conversation, the theme is it takes time. You have to show up to do the work. You do. You do. Yeah. It's so important. Like in the first segment we did, it's so important to 
not just stay in grief, but to move to mourning. And so taking those thoughts and feelings you have that are internal and bringing them outside of yourself, either by talking to other people about it or by writing in a journal, getting all of that stuff out is really important. Jeffrey, you say that you help people bloom. Please oh. tell us more about that. I love the word bloom. I just love I do too. that word. Yeah, I just love it. It's not only a flower, but it's to me, it's growing and it's looking out and it's seeing what possibilities are there and really being hungry for life. And, a fresh start. Yeah. And your part in it. I believe that you can bloom after something horrible, like the loss of someone so precious to you. I do think that's possible. And I do think you were talking about surviving versus thriving. I do think you have to want it. You have to want to thrive and you have to want to move forward. Those are decisions that you have to make. And sometimes when you're in the depths of despair and you've had a horrible loss like this, it seems really unfair that you have more work to do. Uh, I remember thinking that myself, you know, how unfair it was that I had to decide where my life was going to go. But it's true. And it takes time to get to the point where you actually can ask yourself that question. That's true. Jeffrey, are you working with people now? If people are interested, how can they work with you? Well, thank you for asking me that. I've been primarily doing this by referral, and I've been thinking of expanding this. And so I don't have a website right now. Mm -hmm. You can do is email me. And my email is franksjeffrey, and that's F-R-A-N-K-S-J-E-F-R-I at gmail.com. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Jeffrey. And then also, I believe you had mentioned that people could text you as well. Is that still an option? Absolutely. Yeah, the worst thing to do is try and call me. For some reason, (laughs) I don't get those. So either email or text me. My number is 816-352-8279. And I'd be just delighted to hear from people. Thank you, Jeffrey. Would you like to share how you work with people? Is it over the phone? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. I've done it various ways. Before the big COVID uh, came over all of our lives, I used to do it in person. I've got an office in my house and clients used to come to my house. My personal preference is face-to-face, but I know that times have changed and I know that my reach can be a lot further if I do it over Zoom or some other platform like that. So I've also, I've done it over the phone and I've also done it over Zoom, any and all of those, depending on where you're located. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Jeffrey, whenever you get to the point where you have your website up, please yes. let me know what that is and I'll share it. It doesn't have to be right away, okay. thank but you. I'm happy to share it with people. I know that you'll be very helpful to people. Thank you, Talia. Yeah. Jeffrey, in our first conversation, part one, we talked about the book that you wrote, Heather's Journey, A Mother's Accidental Guide Through Loss to Hope. For people that are interested in reading your book, where can they find your book? Actually, at this point, either text me or email me and I will get it to you. Okay. 
Perfect. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And I've had an opportunity to start reading it. It is very informative. It's I just don't even have the right words. Really, it really touched my heart, just like this conversation. So I want to encourage people, if they are suffering in silence, they're looking for some support, reach out to Jeffrey. As you can see and hear, she's able to offer a lot of support. Of course, she has a lot of firsthand experience working through grief and at least have the conversation. Yeah, that would be wonderful. I would love that. Jeffrey, before we wrap up here, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? I think it's just important to remember that if you're newly bereaved, particularly the anguish and the despair that you feel now as you are doing the work of grief, the work of mourning, that is going to soften and that is going to become something that you can incorporate into your life. And I think that it's very important that you be the author of your journey. If you need to, for instance, during the holidays, it's so tough. If you need to do holidays really differently than you ever have, don't worry so much about how family reacts. You need to do what you need to do. Even if that means no holiday and you take a vacation, you need to do what's going to work for your heart and your soul. And that's for the whole journey. Wise words. I just want to thank you again, Jeffrey, for sharing your journey with us, your healing journey, your grief journey, but then also sharing Heather with us. I could tell that she was very special. And I really hope that these episodes encourages someone out there who has lost a child or anyone that they deeply loved. Mm-hmm. I do too. And I want to thank you, Talia, for the opportunity to be here and just to share about this and open the door for anyone who is needing some support or some validation. Thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate that. And again, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome back anytime, Jeffrey. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. Before we end today, I would like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, follow, or subscribe so that you can easily find my podcast and listen again. I would also like to remind you, if you have not listened to part one of this two-part series, go back and listen to that. You will find some very insightful and helpful information as well. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. This episode of the Navigating Cancer Together podcast was brought to you by OnTheOtherSide.life, a cancer navigation enterprise that helps you navigate your cancer journey by providing emotional support and guidance along your cancer journey so that you can focus on healing. If you are looking for expert assistance or guidance on your cancer journey, visit OnTheOtherSide.life and schedule your free 30-minute meet and greet today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, please share or tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.